Candy Mirage worked for public schools for 30 years and is the founding director of Once Upon a Horse. Over her years as a speech pathologist, she has worked with a variety of communicative handicaps, including stuttering, articulation errors, language disorders, developmental delays, and autism. Growing up in Grants Pass, a severe stutterer, and faced with difficulties at home and in school, horses became Candy's sanctuary, as she calls it, an oasis of tranquility in a tumultuous childhood. Recognized for her skills with Morgan horses and special needs students, Candy created Once Upon a Horse to enrich the lives of individuals with disabilities through working with Morgan horses. She combines compassion, dedication, patience, and professional excellence with a sincere desire to share the magic of Morgan horses with children and especially children with disabilities. Before I bring Candy on, I wanted to kind of give some context to this interview. This was done over at her ranch, at her horse ranch, out in uh, the Jerome Prairie area. And right beforehand, she took me for a grand tour around the ranch. I got to meet her horses and cats and dogs. It was lots of fun. Got to find out a whole bunch about her before we even started recording. So as I started recording, I started out with a very simple question. There is a place in Southern Oregon filled with gorgeous natural beauty, friendly yet independent people, and a mild, comfortable climate. That place is called Grants Pass. These are the stories of the people that live and work in Josephine County. These are the movers and shakers that make this place the best. This is Grants Pass VIP. Where would people know you from? I grew up here. My dad was a police officer here. Here I was very, very, very involved with animal rescue as a kid. I mean, I've been rescuing animals wow. and kids since since I was a kid. And then I, in 4-H, I started showing horses in this arena when I was seven. I didn't get my own horse till I was 12, but if it had mane, a tail, and four legs, I'd put a leg over it. I would show for other people. And legally, in the state of Oregon in 1952, mind, um, you were supposed to be nine years old to legally join. Well, I can see how that possibly has anything to do with me. <laughs> so I captured Frances Adams, who was our 4-H leader at the time. She and her husband, Paul Adams, had come out from Illinois to work, actually, for Lloyd Silva. It was on Union Avenue. He owned, that was all the um, shopping center, Safeway. Oh, wow. That was Lloyd Silva Arabian Horse Ranch. And Lloyd was a logger, and my Uncle Johnny drove truck for him. My mother, Dorothy Morash, lived all, who was a great supporter, great supporter. She calls herself the um, most knowledgeable non-rider. If there was a show down here, she was there, whether it was hot or cold, she was there. So I talked them into letting me come to one meeting, <laughs> and I promised Mrs. Adams, I said, I, I'll just sit right here in the front row and just be quiet as a little mouse. Well, two years later, <laughs> I was a junior leader, see? So yeah. there I was. And we were very active in the community. My mother was a banker. She was kind of ahead of her time. And we lived right next door to Marge and Bob Hole's gang, H&H Motors, which is now Mock Ford. I tell you, I'm, I'm hundreds of years old. So I, <laughs> so I have a real historical perspective. That's great. Um, I, actually, I'm 76. I was born April 3rd, 1945. Um, I am historical. <laughs> 
And so I've just been hugely involved in the community. And like Joy says, she's a helpaholic. And I've always been the first one to say, what can I do? What do you need? How can I help? My mother used to call me Helpful Hannah when I was a little because I just wanted to help. I didn't care what, you know, what there was no prize, no nothing. I just thought it was the right thing to do. So I've always been kind of a high profile kid. <laughs> and then when I graduated high school in 1963, as I mentioned earlier, just shortly after the earth was cooled, <laughs> I went off to do all the things you're supposed to do. Go to college, travel, do all that stuff. And I found myself in um, New Orleans, Louisiana, doing my clinical fellowship year to become a speech-language pathologist, which is a whole other story, really a fun story, too. So in 1983, we had our 20th high school reunion here. And I missed the 10th because I was riding the um, Horsemaster course in England. In England, you can't just wake up one morning and brush your teeth and say, you know, I haven't been a horse trainer yet. I think, I think I'll be a horse trainer. You know, the British are mad for animals, dogs and particularly horses. And you know, Newmarket, England, is the home of the jockey club. So that's where the, the school was, it was in Newmarket. And it's what's interesting about, uh, many things are interesting about Newmarket, but there's a sidewalk in Newmarket where people aren't allowed. It's just horses. Wow. <laughs> it was really a fun experience. So my mother treated me to that because... She was convinced I was never going to get through school with any degree because I just was having so much fun and I just never let my classes interfere with my education. So as a, as a, uh, a reward for finally getting through school and getting my first BA, she sent me to England. My sister was living in London, well, not in London, but actually a wonderful village named Swatham Bulbeck. Suzanne was uh, worked for the Department of Defense and... Um, so it was it was a perfect place for me to be, to live in Swatham Bulbeck in this 150-year-old house called the Apple Trees, and then go to the school. I just drove to the school every day in Newmarket. It was really fun, really fun. So when I got back, um, and then I got into graduate school, am I too far off track? I can't no, hardly... It's <laughs> this, is a, this is a long story. <laughs> so I got back, and... Um, I thought, gee, now what will I do? So I was casting about, and, and I've always been really good with people. I just love people, and I value people. And I'm very good at connecting with people. Any kind, I know, it doesn't matter, presidents or prostitutes, you know, let's be friends. Mm -hmm. And I just have this kind of uncanny ability to connect, Brian, with a variety of people very quickly on a variety of levels. And it stood me in very good stead because I just... I love to lift up people, you know, and my theme, my motto is teamwork makes the dream work. So I've always been a, a good team player in that respect. So when I found myself in New Orleans, uh, I had come down to New Orleans to do my clinical fellowship year in speech-language pathology from the University of Cincinnati. My husband had moved to New Orleans a year before I did. And I thought, I'm not changing horses in the middle of this stream. This is, whoo I'm too close to, to do anything else. So I came down to Belchase State School in Belchase, Louisiana, to do my clinical fellowship year. It was through that that I got involved with therapeutic writing for the handicapped. Perry Mason was the principal of uh, Mandeville State School, and I had a when I went to clinical work, I had a, that was the psychiatric facility, so I had a uh, contract with them. 
And so we started the Special Olympics. Louisiana in 1981, 82 was chosen to uh, showcase the equestrian events in Special Olympics. So I said, oh, pick me, pick me, I'll help. So we, we did it. And then um, I had been out here for my reunion. And I thought, why are you living in New Orleans? It's not a good fit for you. You're, it's too hot, it's too wet, it's too everything that you don't want to be hot and wet and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and too with the traffic. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Anyway, so I toddled into um, School District 7's employment office. Come to, now, this was meant to be, this is divine intervention. The, the secretary was Virginia Steimer. Hi, Virginia, I'm thinking of you. Virginia Steimer's sister, Grace Blanchard, Tom's gra- Tom Blanchard's grandmother, was my second grade teacher. Now, how do you like that for connections? <laughs> After all these years, I, you know, they say you can't come home. I don't believe that. You, <laughs> you certainly can. I did. So I paddled in there and said, do you have any openings in uh, speech language pathology? <laughs> Here's your Virginia, and there's another office over here. And I thought, I heard this god-awful commotion. And now I know it was the personnel director jumping over the desk to come tackle me because they didn't have anybody. <laughs> so that's how I came to go to work for School District 7 in 19, oh gosh, the fall of 1982, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it was really exciting to come home, not only come home to roost, but to go to work for the school district in which I was reared and educated. Now yeah. how's that for just a God thing? Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Anyway, um, so I worked for School District 7. I retired in 2000, well, it's 20 years, almost 20 years. And as I was going along, going along, I'm a very schooly person. I love school because as a kid, my uh, home life was not, you know, one of father knows best and everybody's, you know, lots of pixie dust and unicorns. <laughs> Horses were my my ultimate sanctuary uh, and and I never missed school, never missed a day of school because Dorothy said, uh, I got my first horse, wonderful grade quarter horse mare named Cowgirl when I was 12 mm-hmm. and she made it abundantly clear that if I was ever too sick to go to school, there would be no spontaneous recovery <laughs> at 3.30 <laughs> so you can go play with the horses. I said, ah, so I probably went to school on days that I shouldn't have. So. So for me to come home and, you know, to roost here, uh, and, uh, and then the, the other wonderful thing, Brian, is I, so I went to work for School District 7 as a speech-language pathologist, and that's a real personal triumph. Here's a local girl makes good, severe, severe secondary stutterer who overcame the stuttering mm. to become a speech-language pathologist. So that's a real... That's a personal triumph, I think. Mm-hmm. So I just figured, I who better to specialize in their own ordeal? <laughs> this wasn't something I had to read about. I lived it. So I had I worked at uh, Riverside, Redwood, Allendale, and South. There were only two of us. My friend Kelly Davis started with me, and then um, Lorena Chapman, dear horsey girlfriend of mine. So there were only two of us to, to do eight schools. It was pretty... <laughs> Pretty aerobic. It was a great career, a great career. And I, like I say, I'm a real schooly person, but I just knew there was something else I might be able to do to help these kids. So I was rootling around in my head, doing something with the kids out at our Williams farm. What, well, how could I incorporate horses into this? 
how could I incorporate horses? And as a Morgan horse breeder, I thought, wow, wow, can I incorporate that? And make no mistake, I'm, I'm not a breed snob, but as a breeder, you have to kind of specialize in one breed. Mm -hmm. uh, as a horse show judge, open horse show judge, I'm very fluent with many, many, many breed um, standards of perfection. So I'm not a breed snob, but I was, I'm the Morgan breeder, and I thought, how can I incorporate the magic of Morgan horses and help these kids? And so that spring, I flew back to Jekyll Island, Georgia, to visit my mother and stepfather. And I was telling Dorothy about this project I had in mind. I said, but you know, Mother, I really, I absolutely got to have just the perfect name, and I will always remember this. She goes like this, uh, um, what about Once Upon a Horse? And Dorothy named the project. Thank you, Dorothy. So it was just, just that quick, and I said, oh, thank you. I have to go now. She said, you just got here. I said, oh, I know. I have to go home and start the program. She said, <laughs> said you can go back next week. I said, yes, ma'am. So that's truly how the name came to be wow. was through Dorothy. She's very creative. She was, uh, she's a good um, Aquarian, groundhog, born mm -hmm. on Groundhog's Day. So I started my lesson program out in the Williams with four kids. I call them my cornerstone kids. Brittany Sonny, Amanda Anderson, Chris Latham. Oh, Brittany, Brittany Church. Those were the four. Now, a couple of those kids were kind of language impaired, a couple weren't, but you've got to have typically developing kids to balance it out. And Carol Latham, Chris's mother, what a saint. She would pick up all the kids. She would pick up all the kids and bring them out Saturday morning. Saturday morning at 9, and she would stay. She would stay. She'd read or nap or knit, whatever she wanted to do. And the, and it was supposed to be from 9 to, say, 11, and it was always 9 to 12.30, 1. <laughs> but, you know, when you work on horse time and kid time, it just doesn't matter. So when those kids would all leave, we had three or four steps up to the porch of the <laughs> Man, I was just crawling up those stairs because it was it was all very exciting, but it was all very um, challenging to work with some special needs kids, some typically developing kids, and have a wonderful Morgan horse in the midst. Mm -hmm. And the little Morgan mare that I bred was Saddle Time Momentum, and she was our cornerstone horse. You will see her picture in the brochure there. Momentum was just a perfect example of Morgan, you know, character and tractability and. She was just perfect, and she wasn't very big, which made it really nice because these kids weren't very big. Mm. So I started out in, in Williams, and we had five acres, and, and it was just fabulous. It was on Sheraton Drive, and the program started growing. I thought, okay, what are you going to do here now, honey? you got to either get bigger or get out. And I thought, getting out sounds way too much like quitting, <laughs> and I can't even spell quit. So my friend Terry Lewis owned this property. And she called me one day. She had a cute little Morgan mare here. She wanted me to come and look at her. And I uh, came and looked at her and looked at her papers. And I, we just got kind of chit-chatting after we got through playing horses. And I said, Terry, do you think this place would ever be for sale? Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, it was going to be for sale, but not ever advertised. So Terry's in the real estate business. So I listed my house in Williams with her. And we'd put a deal together on this. Wow. And that's how that, another God thing. That was wow. divine intervention. This whole program has, it was meant to be, meant to be from day one. And I just, gratitude is the best attitude for 
everything that's happened to me and every every pickle I've ever gotten into and gotten out of, of course. It's Brent Bear, my horseshoer, says it's easier to get into a pickle than out of a pickle. <laughs> and I have to agree with him. But it's just been one blessing after the next. So when when I saw the opportunity to get bigger, and Terry and I worked out this deal, it was it was just another step in the right direction. And I bought this in 1999. I retired from school district seven in 2000. So it was pretty, it was pretty um, high energy because <laughs> we were still living in Williams and I had horses here, I had horses in Williams and I was still working. And I thought, my, I came home one night and I told TR, I said, all we need is a revolving door here because you, <laughs> you just come in, spin around, go back out, go to the barn. <laughs> oh my gosh, but it was really fun. So the bottom line is that Once Upon a Horse has been a real blessing to the community, I believe. I've, I've served a lot of kids in this community, and I think the program has a very high visibility, high name recognition, and uh, because we are a 501c3, everything you donate to Once Upon a Horse, I've done hay <laughs> fundraisers. Uh, you know, last year when we had the terrible fires, I'm I'm really good at raising money. Joyce says, you know, Candy's just a professional beggar. <laughs> I've always got my hat in my hand for something, you know. So I would raise money for the horses that had been evacuated out of the Illinois Valley and were housed at Marianne Morrison's at a runaway farm. When I'd scare up enough money to buy um, uh, a ton of hay, I'd call my hay man, Mike Arnett, and he would, uh, I'd write him a check, he'd take the hay over there. So this is, this is a perfect fit for us now to evolve into uh, the fundraiser for Joko Spay and Neuter to purchase a mobile um, veterinary spay and neuter clinic just for spaying and neutering. Fluffy breaks an arm, gets hit by a car, not an arm, a leg gets hit by a car. They have to go to a brick and mortar vet. Our, we, we want to do just snipping and clipping uh, here in Grants Pass and Josephine County. And the reason it's so important, Brian, to have it, uh, a mobile is that there are a lot of people in the outlying areas that don't have maybe internet service, don't have transportation, and they just are being denied from circumstances that certainly they didn't create uh, this kind of a service. And I think there's a crying need for a mobile veterinary uh, spaying and neuter clinic in Grants Pass in Josephine County. Okay, let's take a break from that conversation. I wanted to bring up a question for you. During these crazy times, do you feel like your business is indestructible? Most people don't. And if not, the real question is why? And what can you do to make it as indestructible as possible? Well, that's the basis of my new book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. Let me talk about what we discuss in the first chapter, determine focus. So one of the main ways that you can Amazon proof your business is by determining the focus of your business. And the real problem isn't that you're not doing enough. The real problem is, is that you may be doing too many things in too many places. So one of the things I suggest is decide whether your focus is going to be acquisition, ascension, or monetization. And I go into the details of what that means in this chapter. It's really the only three ways that you can grow your business. And if you just do that one step of determining focus, you can have a huge change in your entire business. But I also have eight other ways to Amazon proof your business. Basically the idea of making it competition proof to even someone as big as amazon.com. So if you'd like to get your hands on a free copy of my book, go to amazonproofbook.com. 
www.thepodcastmaker.com. Sign up and you will get a free copy and get the chance to purchase a physical copy of it for a special price. In addition to that, if you happen to be in the Josephine County area or nearby and you're looking to have a speaker come and discuss these type of issues with your organization, club, or group of friends, then I have a limited calendar that I may be able to fit you into. Go check out brianjpombo.com slash speaking and fill out the application. We'll be sure and get back to you on that. And now let's get back to our show. And then Linda Raskin Milner, my dear friend, my God, I'm hundreds of years old, you know, and so is Linda. I know you say I'm older, Linda. <laughs> but she and her family um, created Jocos Bay and Neuter about 15 years ago. And the whole premise was to go around and beg for money, of course, um, to raise money to get vouchers, to give the vets for a, a bit of a break on the spaying and neutering, which is all very noble and lofty. The problem arises that the vets are so far out, so far out, that you know if you call today and say, I want to get my dog spayed, uh, there's this audible <laughs> silence. <laughs> okay, how does January work for you? And you're thinking, January? That's where we come in. We are going to buy a mobile veterinary spay and neuter clinic through Once Upon a Horse. Once Upon a Horse, Brian, is the sponsor. We collect the money, and um, we're going to start working with a grant writer, and then the money doesn't stay with us. The money will go to the, to the vet clinic, to buy the vet clinic, and I'm in contact with Magnum Mobile Specialty Services in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh. We're moving along one step at a time. What we're looking for is people with deep pockets and long arms. You know, a lot of people got deep pockets, but they got real short arms. You know, <laughs> arms don't go deep enough into their pockets. <laughs> so uh, the vet clinic is a mere $250,000, but if you say it real fast, it doesn't sound like much. <laughs> $250,000, I'm looking for, there's somebody out there. I know there's somebody out there that's going to say, is that all you need? And I can say, no, but thank you for asking. <laughs> we need another 250 to um, staff to staff it with a vet yeah. and um, two or three vet techs, uh, maybe just two, and then um, supplies. And one of the things we've really starting grassroots, uh, our friend Audrey Pierce, my fellow golden girlfriend, Audrey's a mayor 87, and she has embraced a, a cooking company called Epicure, and it's from Canada, it's 25 years old, very new in this country, it's only been in the United States, I want to say a year and a half, so I have to thank Audrey for even recommending Epicure, and as a fundraiser, Epicure has put together um, a little box, a box of what's called food solution, no, meal solution pouches, and a dessert. Uh, for $25, and everything Epicure makes is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, uh, no corn, dairy, gluten, or soy, and it's frozen and vacuum-sealed. So there's a tremendous lifespan on this, probably never. I mean, it's great for food preppers and people that want to have a, have a stash, and I know it's certainly certainly helped me. See that sign over, over there by my stove that says, mm -hmm. I only have a kitchen because it came with a house. <laughs> My friend Ann Byers got me that, and it's just hysterical because it's pretty much the truth. You know, it's no fun to cook for yourself. And I, I must have cooked in my other life, you know, because I've got all this stuff. And so now I call myself an, an immersed, a closet cook. 
<laughs> coming out in support of animal rescue. So these meal solution pouches have really helped me. The, the mac and cheese is wonderful. It's um, a white sauce and the classic meatloaf. Joy calls it breast implant cookware <laughs> because it's silicone. It flops around. It's really funny. We have a little rectangular uh, steamer. And you make a meatloaf in that in seven minutes in the microwave. In the microwave. And the, the uh, silicone uh, cookware, you can use it in the oven and in the microwave. So it's really already helped me personally. And I can't be the only geezer out there that doesn't you know, cook for themselves. So, so I think it's, it's a, it's a really, uh, a, a, a blessing in disguise as far as not just for the fundraiser, but great gifts for, uh, if you're a business owner, uh, buy 10 for 250 bucks. It's writable offable. Uh, they make great gifts. It's just a, a fabulous way to live. Now, do you think I've covered most of this or should I be, what, what do you think I should be doing here? No, you're doing great. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're you're answering the questions before I get to them. So oh, it's well, good say. Stuff. I'm an overachiever. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I would just say that here's the chance for all of us. All of us love animals. And we want them to have the best quality of life. We want to have a dog. We want to have a cat. But we don't want these unwanted litters of puppies and kittens. It's just animal abuse when something can be done about it. The shelters are filled to overflowing. This is where we come in. You know, we, we have a voice, Brian. We have a voice. Animals don't. We need to be their voice, and it needs to be the voice of victory, where we can be victors instead of victims and, and get these animals spayed and neutered. It's just got to happen. Joyce says, we're going to burn some uteruses. And... <laughs> So that's what we, our mission is to raise $250,000 to buy the vet clinic, another $250,000 to staff and uh, supply the unit. Mm -hmm. And we're also looking for grant writers um, because this is a big, this is a big project. And you know, $25 for the wonderful gift box is, is one thing. In 10 is quite another thing as a corporate sponsor. You can buy 10, you can buy 20, you can, if you buy one or you buy a thousand, it's all writable offable because um, Once Upon a Horse, who is the sponsoring nonprofit, local nonprofit, uh, 501c3. And I will mention this that both Joko Spay and Neuter and Once Upon a Horse, there are no paid employees. None. Nobody gets a nickel. <laughs> So that's, that's where my professional beggar comes in. I <laughs> so if we were to talk a year from now mm -hmm. and we were to look back over the past 12 months, what would you say would have had to have happened for you to feel happy with your progress, both with Once Upon a Horse and also just personally? What do you see in the next year? I have this wonderfully big crystal ball <laughs> and it tells me that Everything is coming up roses for both Once Upon a Horse and Joko Spay and Neuter because as a community supporter, I believe I draw enough water and we have also had several people um, make sizable donations, $500, $1,000. Uh, my friend Art Willard at, at uh, Affordable RV is a great supporter. Um, just the list goes on. What I envision is this vet clinic parked right out here in my parking lot. 
and I envision every morning a veterinarian and his or her vet techs coming to get the vehicle to go off and spay and neuter more animals in Grants Pass and Josephine County. I also see in the future that this will be a great asset to the community as far as adoption events. That would be another facet of the unit. Uh, for me personally, I would just be out there turning cartwheels, <laughs> Ger geriatric version of cartwheels. <laughs> I just think anytime you can keep going and growing and um, being in service, serving the needs of others. You always, you always have to put the needs of others first. And I'm an Arbon consultant, and my ultimate goal a year from now is to be a regional vice president. And the name of my region is Teamwork Region. So I'm always community-spirited, community-minded, and like Dorothy said, the more you give, the more you get. And I just see people getting on the bandwagon. And in fact, Audrey, Audrey says, we're going to do this and we're going to have a parade in Grants Pass. And I believe that. When we get the unit, we're going to have it wrapped. wrapped, And um, uh, one, of the, one side is going to say, um, Joko, spay and neuter. And the other side is going to say, sponsored by Once Upon a Horse. And we haven't figured out the graphics yet. But uh, it's, it's going to be a huge community event. A huge community event. Because we said we were going to do it. And we'll do it. I'm just, I can hardly sleep at night thinking about that. So every, every night I say, okay, Lord, it's me again. <laughs> Could you send me someone with very deep pockets and very long arms and someone that would say, I think that's a wonderful idea. Here's a check for $250,000. Call Magnum Mobile Specialties. Get that thing ordered. That's what I see. Yeah. Because I tell you, I'm the queen of optimism. I'm the queen of optimism. I don't care how bad it gets. You know, we don't live in North Korea. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, there's always something to be grateful for. So what are your obstacles in getting there from here to there? From here to there, I, of course, it, <laughs> the almighty dollar, mm -hmm. the almighty dollar. What, what we have, we have, Joy Heiler and I are just, you know, on fire about this. So we need more community support. We need more individuals saying, I didn't know you guys were doing that. Why didn't you call me? Okay, what's your phone number? So if, if every person in this county, in this town, would call and say, how can we help? I'm telling you what, we could put this together in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. We've, it's one of those things that can't drag on until the 12th of Geneva, you know, because you, you lose all credibility. People that have donated, whether it's $25 or 2500 you wait, 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 I thought we were doing this. Well, we are, but we haven't sold enough gift boxes. Okay, so uh, could we go to another level with this thing? Yes, we can. We just need, it's like network marketing. It's not about who I know. It's about who you know. Mm -hmm. Who do you know? Wake up in the middle of the night and think, my gosh, my uncle Jethro's got more money and he knows what to do with and he loves animals. I'm going to call him. Call him up. Say, have I got a deal for you, honey. <laughs> it's your lucky day. You can be the leader of the parade. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's such a, such a happy and, and um, optimistic adventure that, that people are going to want to throw in. Everybody wants to help. You know what? They've just never been asked. 
They've just never been asked. So my, here's my call to action. I'm asking everybody, if you've got 2,500, you've got 25, if you know anybody that would like to throw in with us, this is not just Audrey, me, and Joy. We need all of you for all of the animals. There's a crying need for this, and we can all just throw in together and make it a whole lot better for everybody in, in the community and all the animals and just... Remember, teamwork makes the dream work. Call me, 541-660-7209, and call Joy when she gets back, when she gets the flyer. Joy is in Utah at a family wedding. Joy Heiler, who is um, a leader with Epicure, as is Audrey Pierce. Audrey is a, a senior leader. She's 87, and she's just kicking this thing out of the park. Joy Heiler, 541 659 one one two five, and if you want to call Audrey, Audrey lives in Tacoma, so just just call either Joy or 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 me. And Joy and I really high visibility in the community. We're real involved with um, Fruitdale Grange with the chamber. Joy was, uh, gosh, for years. Joy, my gosh, Joy knows everybody and then some because you know raising her kids here and she and Donnie were involved in sports and so between the two of us. We have pretty high profile. We just need more people that want to throw in with us. Soon. <laughs> Soon. Sooner than later. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, that, I mean, that can't get much better than that. We've got, this is a great story that we're going to get out there. And hopefully this will be able to help you. You could take this uh, interview and this, basically your, your narration of how you got here and where we're going from here, you could pass this on to people and help maybe help get the word out about the Once Upon a Horse and the Spay and Neuter Mobile Clinic. And everybody, you, you'll be able to find, if you want to keep updated, you'll be able to find in the description uh, links and phone numbers that Candy was just talking about. So, Candy Morash, thanks so much for being on Grants Pass VIP. Thank you, Brian. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. Thank you so much. There's a lot of words I would use to describe Candy. One would be enthusiastic, another would be passionate, the other would be infectious. And I mean that in the in the nicest way possible. All of her great qualities are infectious. You feel great after being around Candy. It isn't just being in person with her. I first met Candy during the COVID-19 situation. It was 2021. And when I first joined the Grants Pass Josephine County Chamber of Commerce, and she was at these meetings, and these were all virtual meetings. They were done over Zoom video chat, and so you could see each individual person out there, and she would come on and talk, and when Candy's done talking, everyone's got a big smile on their face. If they aren't laughing at something that she said or anything else, she just has this fabulous energy. Through that energy, she filters out her passions and is able to bring everybody along with it, regardless of what it is. So if there's any way you can help Candy out on her missions, uh, please reach out to Candy. She gave you the details and uh, I really appreciate her being on Grants Pass VIP. Join us again on the next Grants Pass VIP, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com. Helping movers and shakers in Southern Oregon and beyond stand out. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com.
If you or someone you know would like to be a guest or a sponsor on Grants Pass VIP, go to grantspassvip.com forward slash contact. Guests who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse the opinions of the host or sponsors. Our theme music is Fun Shot by Kevin McLeod. Our host is a Grants Pass resident and business strategist, Brian Pombo. I'm executive producer, Shawnee Douglas. Until next time, live rogue and have fun.